Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony coming to you with another episode of the Karate Chronicles. Rolling and recording. I mean, I'd like to say rolling, but I'm really just kind of chilling here, not making any progress on the freeway. Anyway, I want to jump right into the idea of what to do when your first plan doesn't work. And I say this from the self-defense context because whenever I teach a seminar to beginners, there's always one person that says, well, what if this happens? And they put themselves in the absolute worst case scenarios, which can happen, yes, but those self-defense scenarios are not only what could happen because of what the assailant is doing, it would be from a string of bad decisions on your part. It's kind of like the old cliche thing where they say, well, if you're walking down a dark alley at night, well, don't walk down dark alleys at night. That's simple. And when I show a technique, let's say for a front grab, and they say, what if the person really does this? Or if they really do that? The answer is keep using the technique because it works. If someone grabs you by the neck and they're super strong, I always have a chain of techniques to let to make them let go. And everything that you do is a combination, uh, not everything you do, but let's say for a two-handed front choke, you're pinned against the wall, right? There are five or six techniques that are really practical that I teach for that. And people say, if I teach, let's say, let's call it A through, um, A through E. And I say, well, what if A doesn't work? I say, then go to B. And they say, what if that doesn't work? Then go to C. Then you keep doing this stuff, right? And then if that doesn't work, you do A and then C and then E and then B and then A again and then B and then E and then D. And you run these techniques as a chain so that they work. They will eventually work because every hold, every everything is escape proof. There's nothing foolproof out there. There just isn't, right? So when I hear people talk about how they wouldn't know what to do if a technique doesn't work, the answer is simple. Do it again. Simple as that. It's like throwing punches. If you throw three hard punches at somebody, you don't knock them down. Reset, take a deep breath, and throw three more hard punches. If that doesn't work, you move your feet, move your head, reset, and throw three more hard punches. That's just the way it works, people. And I don't know why that seems to be so complicated. And it's not just in the world of stand-up self-defense. For example, if you're in, if you're doing jujitsu and someone is on top of you, mounted, you learn how to upa, mount, uh, you know, bridge and roll, as they say, or you learn the elbow escape. Now, those two things always work. You just have to put yourself in a position to be able to use them again. You don't lay there flat and go, upa, elbow, upa, elbow. You go, elbow, 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 upa, 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 elbow, upa, upa, elbow, elbow, like, so on and so forth, right? Which is to say that if I step into you and you step to me and I throw three fire punches, boom, 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 three times I hit you, and it doesn't do the damage I was hoping it would have, would have. and I go, ah, crap, I move my feet to the side, I start looking for an exit, and when, the, when you don't have anything else to do, boom, 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 throw three more punches, and so on. When wrestlers shoot for a takedown and don't get it, you know what they do? They shoot another takedown. 
and then they shoot another takedown. Some people, their whole game is to shoot the takedown just to make you tired of defending the takedowns. And it may not be that first attempt that does it for you. I don't understand why people think that in self-defense, especially in self-defense, that the first thing that you do is going to work for you in exactly the same way that you practice it in your school. It probably won't. Not exactly. And that's why you have to practice techniques that are really, really efficient and extremely dangerous if they were applied in something less than a self-defense context. For example, one of the things I like to do when someone is pinned to the wall with two hands by the neck, I like to snake in between the hands and come straight down the face with the tiger's claw to the eyes. Let's say that doesn't work. For some reason, maybe their elbows are pinched together in some kind of way. Then you pin the hands and you throw the crane's beak to the eye. And if it's not that, then it's a tiger's mouth to the throat. And if it's not that, it's a four-finger honshu followed by a tiger claw and then a tiger's mouth to the throat. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's never just one thing. You gotta run it. You gotta run it. If you play, you have to run together as a chain. If you play basketball and you miss a shot, what do you do? You keep shooting. That's the way it works. And I think there's this weird idea that everything is going to work the way you practice it the first time. No, because sometimes the initial shock or the fear or the anxiety can cause you to work in a way that is less optimal than how you practice. It probably will. So, the best way to put yourself in a position to win or survive or escape is to use the techniques that you know over and over and over again without fail. If I throw a jab at you and I miss, I'm going to jab again and then I'm going to backfist and then I'm going to throw the reverse punch and then I'm going to jab again and then I'm going to throw the reverse punch and then I'm going to throw the back knuckle, so on and so forth. That's how this works, folks. There's no magic formula for being able to land the perfect shot every time. In judo, you try to get a throw and miss. So you have to re-engage with your gripping. In wrestling, you may have someone sprawling you or stuff your takedown because their hips were lower than yours. You readjust and you shoot again. Whatever it is you do, you've got to get used to the idea of doing it more than one time. Because it's dangerous to think that it's going to turn in your favor every time. When I teach self-defense videos, one of the things I like to do, one of the things I love to do, is after I throw the initial self-defense technique out there, what I do is I show myself in the video re-engaging if necessary or resetting myself as if the techniques didn't work and you have to do it again. Because there's no one, two, three done. Not really. It'd be nice. It'd have made my life a lot easier when I was a skinny little kid. But the fact mm -hmm. of the matter is, oftentimes, you're giving up size and strength and weight. Especially mm -hmm. for the ladies out there. Because people don't want to fight. They want a victim. They want someone who they can push around. 
and manhandle and woman handle and all of these things. So just keep in mind why you need to think in what I call the burst approach. I call it the tri-burst. Our family, we call it the tri-burst. Whether it's a single technique like a jab, cross, hook, or a back knuckle jab, cross, or it's a string of techniques like headbutt, elbow, elbow, you do it three times at least until your opponent or would-be assailant has been subdued. I think that's it, folks. I think that's all I got for now. Please uh, check me out at martialartsoakland.com. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube under Thomas Kempo Karate. But by far the most important thing is please be kind to yourselves and each other. Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony coming to you with another episode of the Karate Chronicles. Rolling and recording on this Tuesday, October the 15th. And I want to talk about, and I've spoken about it before, I want to talk about closed-mindedness in the martial arts world. Now, I contend, and others have said before me, that one of the most damning statements is, this is the way it's always been done, or this has always worked before. That thinking has hindered progress all over the world and throughout time. People do not want to adapt to a situation because they do not like the new situation. Let me tell you what I mean. Um, this weekend, Crone Gracie, the son of Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu legend, Hickson Gracie, fought a very tough and very, very experienced fighter named Cub Swanson. Cub, well his name is Micah, but Cub is his nickname, is not a journeyman fighter, but he's the kind of guy that he's only lost to the top guy. So while his record isn't super impressive, especially as he ages, he's no punk. Like nobody's really sleeping on Cub Swanson, okay? And what's crazy is Cron works out with the Diaz brothers. The Diaz brothers have worked extensively in their boxing, and they're among the best boxers in mixed martial arts as a whole. So I would think that since Cron, a mad gangster, savage, has that part of his game locked up, he knows he's a better grappler than Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson knows that Crone's a better grappler than he is. You would think that Crone would have gone about the business of securing and shoring up his glaring weaknesses, which would be his punches and his takedowns. Now, the thing about being a Mac gangster and coming from a world of grappling where you had like a 57 match submission streak, the problem with that is that everybody knows you want to grapple. So please believe if you're fighting a Gracie, specifically that particular Gracie, stick and move, don't get tackled. Crone showed no attempts beyond some really weak front kicks to the leg, which hasn't worked since, in mixed martial arts anyway, God, since the mid-90s. 
that is how he was attempting to close the distance against an experienced fighter like Cub Swanson. Now, I know that Crone prefers upper body clinches, as his father does, as many grapplers do with a submission background. But against a guy who knows your game plan, it is foolish to not do the thing which gives you the best opportunity to employ your strengths. If Crone had learned how to box, and granted, it's difficult to learn how to box in a short time, but if he had shored up his boxing to the point where he was a credible boxing threat, he could have gotten a hold of Cub Swanson, taken him down, and what I believe would have been submitted him. But he didn't do that. And the only reason that I believe that that did not happen is because Crone still, like many other Gracies, hold on to the antiquated idea that in a mixed martial arts competition at the high levels, all you need is Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And what we saw was, one, a testament to Cubs' ability to stick and move. We saw a testament to Crone's toughness, which is to say he took a beating. Nobody wants to take a beating. I don't want people thinking I'm tough. I want people thinking I can't take a single punch. Why? Because they don't ever see me get hit. I want them to think that I am lightning fast because I'm afraid to get hit, okay? I'm fine with them thinking that. But toughness is not something that you should ever really know about yourself in the context of a sport where striking is allowed. So, we saw a far inferior grappler but far superior mixed martial artist in Cub Swanson stick move and stymie a far superior but ultimately one-dimensional grappler now my question for folks is how many times are they going to have to see the same thing play itself out over and over and over again before they realize that open-mindedness is the key to survival in a real situation the realities of self-defense the realities of street fighting the realities of altercations have changed And if you do what was always done, then you are the fighting equivalent of a Model T Ford or an 8-track player or a CD. Whatever is old technology, right? We need to make sure that as martial artists, especially those of us who focus so heavily on self-defense, we need to be sure that we maintain the integrity of our art in terms of traditional values, but that we are extremely cognizant and reactive and even proactive, if you can be, to the realities of self-defense. Because if you don't, you will find that you will lose to somebody who doesn't even have better tools than you are, but they're just better prepared. It's the name of my game for this time, folks. Keep your mind open. Keep your mouth shut and good things will happen for you. Check me out at martialartsoakland.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter under Thomas Kempo Karate. But by far the most important thing is please be kind to yourselves and each other. Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony coming to you with another episode of the Karate Chronicles. Rolling and recording on this Tuesday, October the 15th. And 
I want to talk about, and I've spoken about it before, I want to talk about closed-mindedness in the martial arts world. Now, I contend, and others have said before me, that one of the most damning statements is, this is the way it's always been done, or this has always worked before. That thinking has hindered progress all over the world and throughout time. People do not want to adapt to a situation because they do not like the new situation. Let me tell you what I mean. Um, this weekend, Cron Gracie, the son of Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu legend, Hickson Gracie, fought a very tough and very, very experienced fighter named Cub Swanson. Cub, well, his name is Micah, but Cub is his nickname, is not a journeyman fighter, but he's the kind of guy that he's only lost to the top guy. So while his record isn't super impressive, especially as he ages, he's no punk. Like, nobody's really sleeping on Cub Swanson, okay? And what's crazy is Cron works out with the Diaz brothers. The Diaz brothers have worked extensively in their boxing, and they're among the best boxers in mixed martial arts as a whole. So I would think that since Cron, a mad gangster, savage, has that part of his game locked up, he knows he's a better grappler than Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson knows that Crone's a better grappler than he is. You would think that Crone would have gone about the business of securing and shoring up his glaring weaknesses, which would be his punches and his takedowns. Now, the thing about being a Matt gangster and coming from a world of grappling where you had like a 57 match submission streak, the problem with that is that everybody knows you want to grapple. So please believe if you're fighting a Gracie, specifically that particular Gracie, stick and move, don't get tackled. Crone showed no attempts beyond some really weak front kicks to the leg, which hasn't worked since it makes martial arts anyway. God, since the mid-90s. That is how he was attempting to close the distance against an experienced fighter like Cub Swanson. Now, I know that Crone prefers upper body clinches, as his father does, as many grapplers do with a submission background. But against a guy who knows your game plan, it is foolish to not do the thing which gives you the best opportunity to employ your strengths. If Crone had learned how to box, and granted, it's difficult to learn how to box in a short time, but if he had shored up his boxing to the point where he was a credible boxing threat, he could have gotten a hold of Cub Swanson, taken him down, and what I believe would have been submitted him. But he didn't do that. And the only reason that I believe that that did not happen is because Crone still, like many other Gracies, hold on to the antiquated idea that in a mixed martial arts competition at the high levels, all you need is Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And what we saw was, one, a testament to Cub's 
ability to stick and move. We saw a testament to Crohn's toughness, which is to say he took a beating. Nobody wants to take a beating. I don't want people thinking I'm tough. I want people thinking I can't take a single punch. Why? Because they don't ever see me get hit. I want them to think that I am lightning fast because I'm afraid to get hit. Okay? I'm fine with them thinking that. But toughness is not something that you should ever really know about yourself in the context of a sport where striking is allowed. So, we saw a far inferior grappler but far superior mixed martial artist in Cub Swanson stick, move, and stymie a far superior but ultimately one-dimensional grappler. Now, my question for folks is, how many times are they going to have to see the same thing play itself out over and over and over again before they realize that open-mindedness is the key to survival in a real situation? The realities of self-defense, the realities of street fighting, the realities of altercations have changed. And if you do what was always done, then you are the fighting equivalent of a Model T Ford or an 8-track player or a CD. Whatever is old technology, right? We need to make sure that as martial artists, especially those of us who focus so heavily on self-defense, we need to be sure that we maintain the integrity of our art in terms of traditional values, but that we are extremely cognizant and reactive and even proactive, if you can be, to the realities of self-defense. Because if you don't, you will find that you will lose to somebody who doesn't even have better tools than you are, but they're just better prepared. It's the name of my game for this time, folks. Keep your mind open, keep your mouth shut, and good things will happen for you. Check me out at martialartsoakland.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter under... Thomas Kempo Karate. But by far the most important thing is please be kind to yourselves and each other. Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony coming to you with another episode of the Karate Chronicles. Rolling and recording on this Tuesday, October the 15th. And... I want to talk about, and I've spoken about it before, I want to talk about closed-mindedness in the martial arts world. Now, I contend, and others have said before me, that one of the most damning statements is, this is the way it's always been done, or this has always worked before. That thinking has hindered progress all over the world and throughout time. People do not want to adapt to a situation because they do not like the new situation. Let me tell you what I mean. Um, this weekend, Crone Gracie, the son of Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu legend, Hickson Gracie, fought a very tough and very, very experienced fighter named Cub Swanson. Cub, well, his name is Micah, but Cub is his nickname, is not a journeyman fighter, but he's the kind of guy that he's only lost to the top guy. So while his record isn't super impressive, especially as he ages, he's no punk. Like, nobody's really sleeping on Cub Swanson, okay? 
And what's crazy is Kron works out with the Diaz brothers. The Diaz brothers have worked extensively in their boxing and they're among the best boxers in mixed martial arts as a whole. So I would think that since Kron, a mad gangster, savage, has that part of his game locked up, he knows he's a better grappler than Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson knows that Crone's a better grappler than he is. You would think that Crone would have gone about the business of securing and shoring up his glaring weaknesses, which would be his punches and his takedowns. Now, the thing about being a Mac gangster and coming from a world of grappling where you had like a 57 match submission streak, the problem with that is that everybody knows you want to grapple. So please believe if you're fighting a Gracie, specifically that particular Gracie, stick and move, don't get tackled. Crone showed no attempts beyond some really weak front kicks to the leg, which hasn't worked since, in mixed martial arts anyway, God, since the mid-90s. That is how he was attempting to close the distance against an experienced fighter like Cub Swanson. Now, I know that Crone prefers upper body clinches, as his father does, as many grapplers do with a submission background. But against a guy who knows your game plan, it is foolish to not do the thing which gives you the best opportunity to employ your strengths. If Crone had learned how to box, and granted, it's difficult to learn how to box in a short time, but if he had shored up his boxing to the point where he was a credible boxing threat, he could have gotten a hold of Cub Swanson, taken him down, and what I believe would have been submitted him. But he didn't do that. And the only reason that I believe that that did not happen is because Crone still, like many other Gracies, hold on to the antiquated idea that in a mixed martial arts competition at the high levels, all you need is Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. And what we saw was, one, a testament to Cub's ability to stick and move. We saw a testament to Crone's toughness, which is to say he took a beating. Nobody wants to take a beating. I don't want people thinking I'm tough. I want people thinking I can't take a single punch. Why? Because they don't ever see me get hit. I want them to think that I am lightning fast because I'm afraid to get hit, okay? I'm fine with them thinking that. But toughness is not something that you should ever really know about yourself in the context of a sport where striking is allowed. So, we saw a far inferior grappler but far superior mixed martial artist and Cub Swanson stick, move, and stymie a far superior but ultimately one-dimensional grappler. Now, my question for folks is, how many times are they going to have to see the same thing play itself out over and over and over again before they realize that open-mindedness is the key to survival in a real situation? The realities of self-defense, the realities of street fighting, the realities of altercations have changed. 
And if you do what was always done, then you are the fighting equivalent of a Model T Ford or an 8-track player or a CD. Whatever is old technology, right? We need to make sure that as martial artists, especially those of us who focus so heavily on self-defense, we need to be sure that we maintain the integrity of our art in terms of traditional values, but that we are extremely cognizant and reactive, and even proactive if you can be, to the realities of self-defense. Because if you don't, you will find that you will lose to somebody who doesn't even have better tools than you are, but they're just better prepared. It's the name of my game for this time, folks. Keep your mind open, keep your mouth shut, and good things will happen for you. Check me out at martialartsoakland.com. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter under Thomas Kempo Karate. But by far the most important thing is please be kind to yourselves and each other.